What's up, Swim Fam? Welcome back to the Swim Collective Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm here with Big B. Yo, yo, what up? Back at it again today for you. Two for one. Two episodes, one day. We wanted to take time to really jump into the new ISL rules. B and I love ISL, follow it wholeheartedly, big fans of it. And so we wanted to hop on here and break down kind of the new the new draft and the, the new design. So, um, And Brandon really wanted to get that out there today so did i i feel like i know that it was like released and um i know there's been a lot of questions about it and i like really literally sat down and dove into it went on the isl site put two and two things together talked to my brother a little bit and like i really feel like i have a good grasp i think of what it of what's going to occur and um i think we're one of the first people to break it down so hopefully this um answers a lot of your guys questions early on yeah so and then yeah yeah so the the ISL draft is designed to achieve three major objectives, and I'm reading straight from the ISL website. First, to allow each of the ISL team's general managers to strategically position their team for maximum success in the following season. To second, to allow ISL's less successful teams priority in selecting new team members, thereby establishing a more balanced starting position for new the new season, which is pretty standard for drafts. Good. Third, to give the league's new swimmers the possibility to change club after their first year in the ISL. So that's the point of it all. Mm-hmm. And B is going to really jump in and, and pull things apart, and I'll yeah. do my best to extract the things in between yeah. and, and ask B the questions that I think that Absolutely. you guys might have. I mean, yeah, so first and foremost, like obviously the, um, I th- we both think the ISL is – tremendous and what it does and the opportunities it provides um for you know our professional caliber athletes in the sport from all nations um never really existed in swimming um usually we get our spotlight at the olympics like obviously there's like world championships and major championships and stuff but for the most part they're not in the same light that the olympics are so um you know it's pretty hard in the past for you know swimmers after you know they're kind of done with their time in college or whatever that it's 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 hard for them to really focus and continue on training and getting better while you know having jobs in the you know so-called real world. So hopefully, like with the creation of ISL and the continuation of it, you know it provides an opportunity and a pathway for those at the highest level of our sport um, to be able to do that and focus on it. And so, you know, I think the new rules in in place are to only help further that. I mean, to me, like a lot of these changes are making it sound more and more like a legit like a legit sports league, you know, where you think of, like, your basketball and your football and your soccer, like, it's all very, very similar, kind of in lines with a lot of that, which I think is going to be really, really good. Um, I mean, it's as good as it's been. It's obvious for the first two years that there's, um, you know, it's it's pretty – there's a handful of good teams, and the rest of them are just not, not so much. And right. so, the you know, the disparity has been too much, and that's no secret. So, I mean, hopefully with this, it, like – they're they're attempting to make it a little closer, which I think will help with yeah. competitive integrity. And obviously, if you know there's like mul- like more than just two teams with a chance to win, it gets people more excited. Um, well which I think swimming, it can. like in swimming, you have I think more so than like in the NBA or in the NFL, you'll you'll have standout players that definitely make big differences. But I think definitely over the past four years, and I think historically for swimming, there's always you always have standout people mm-hmm. that will make things really lopsided. If you have, like, a Cal- Caleb Dressel, yeah. for example, right? So you have people like that and, and other super successful athletes. So how do you make a more competitive and more competitively balanced mm-hmm. professional professional sport, right? I think people want to see 
not only they want to see their favorite teams win and their favorite people win, but they want to see really good quality competitions to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, like the first thing, um, like uh, that they kind of came out and said is that they have an ISL roster cutoff date now. Um, that's 60 days after the end of the second day of draft. So the draft will be two days and I'll get to that in just a little bit. But the big thing is there is now a roster cutoff date. So after 60 days roster, after the draft, rosters must be final. So I think like here, the, the, the attempt is like when it comes down to like, you know, people train on their own. There's been a few times now in the past two years um, where there's been like a swimmer or two who's kind of come in super late for a team and like really like swung things around and they previously weren't on the roster. Well, now that, that that person must take up a roster the whole year, I think is like a big uh. thing there. So that's like kind of one of the big things. So Sato has to be a member of a team the whole year. Yep, basically. That's yeah, that's one of them. Yep. Um, and also at the end of this year, a new thing is there's going to be an ISL transfer window, which is like one of those things like getting into like you know free agency and like the transfer windows of like um, soccer, football, basketball. Like we're kind of get into that territory, which will make it, I think, feel a little bit more real to a lot of people. And that'll occur at the end of the season. And basically that'll last from 60 days after the ISL season um, finishes where all the ISL vets can negotiate with GMs of other teams. And that's obviously subject subject to their current contract. So basically if you're – so basically um, what happens is the ISL – so we'll start with the rookie definition is all ISL rookies have to sign two-year contracts. Basically I think we're working with two-year contracts always. Um so a rookie will then have the option after one to after one year to opt out of their contract and still be considered an ISL rookie. And then the next place they go, they have to sign another two-year contract, right? And then also somebody who hasn't been in the league at all is an ISL rookie. So there's two different ways to be a rookie. So you can compete a year in the ISL and still be a rookie if you opt out of that contract. You're still considered an ISL rookie. So the only people who can then be a part of that transfer window are ISL veterans which the definition of that is someone who completed their two-year contract so after this year some people will be completing their third other will be second so if you have that two-year contract you will be able to opt you'll then be able to actually you know be that free agent and like have other people talk to you and negotiate stuff like that which will be pretty cool i think um and then so yeah you're a veteran if you do that and then obviously someone who's completed one year of their contract and didn't opt out they're now a veteran but they can't really be part of that transfer window because they're still under contract. So really, the the uh, transfer window only applies to veterans who are on their after their two year. Right. Um. And then. So yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah, and then. Furthering the veteran definition, reading from the website, in addition, is it it is expressly determined that any ISL rookie swimmer who, for reasons outside of their control, including intra-alia illness, injury or national federation restrictions is unable to compete in their second consecutive ISL season may be considered an ISL veteran swimmer. The ISL has right to request proof of such reasons from the ISL rookie swimmer. ISL's ethics and selection committee reserves the right to amend the criteria for the selection of ISL veteran swimmers. So again, takes. Yeah. I mean, this is basically a rule that was like, for example, almost every single Australian swimmer was not able to compete in ISL because their federation, their government did not want them to. Right. So a lot of them didn't compete. But a lot of those guys were still under contract, and so they're coming back, and they're still considered veterans. Right. So that's basically what that – and then obviously, like, you know, shoulder injuries happen in swimming. It'll keep someone out. Like some people got hit with COVID and couldn't make it to the league at all. Um, 
So for things like that, like they're not punished because of that, obviously, and that's like explicitly written now in a rule. So basically, like, so knowing like the definition, you're either a rookie or you're an ISO veteran, and that kind of like brings us forward into the next part, which is the draft, which is where those distinctions do become very important in this regard. Yeah, where they where they start to yeah. matter. So like a lot of the confusion so far about like the um kind of servicing of this draft is like there's possibility to retain 16 current swimmers. And then there's talks of, like, how five are kept at one point and then ten are taken later. And what's the distinction? Well, I'm, like, pretty sure I've, like, sat down, broke it down. I think I'm pretty sure I understand the difference between everything. So, basically, teams – so, there's a draft. It's two-day. And um, teams will are able to retain 16 of their current swimmers. Fifteen by general manager choice, one by fan vote, which is, like, pretty interesting twist on things. Um, so, basically – um, and they don't – and here's another disclaimer. They don't have to keep 15. They don't have to. They can keep as many as they want or as few as they want as long as they don't go past 15. And yeah. then there's that one decided by van vote. So, so they can – so GMs can keep 15 swimmers yes. on their roster. Mm-hmm. And then the fan vote fan vote will one. be – will allow for that 16. Yeah. Up, up to 16. Up to 16. But GMs and teams don't have to keep 16. Do not. They don't have to keep 15 yeah. plus one. They don't – so yeah. I'm – you know – a lot of them probably will, but my guess is, you know, your Cal, your Energy Standard, your LA, like, they probably will keep 16. You know, they'll probably keep their 15 plus one. Yeah. You might see some of the teams that really struggled this year. Um, they might not keep all of them. That might be like, eh, we, we need to just start anew from, like, we just want to go full free agency. Who knows? Right. It, it, it depends. You never know how many people are going to retire from swimming after this because there's always a wave of retirees after the Olympics. It's yeah. kind of like the last hurrah. But we'll see. You know, maybe the ISL, I mean, this is another reason they exist is, you know, maybe people aren't going to be likely to as likely to retire after the Olympics now that they have like something for them in between right. the four Olympics. It doesn't feel like that big of a stretch to wait four years for their chance to shine again. Right. Because if you're in this case, it's only three. Yeah. If you're signing, if you're signing a two year contract or you're renegotiating a, t- a contract and you have something, you have something to keep you busy and to keep you in race form. That's one thing I love about ISL is it adds a more competitive environment for a larger group of swimmers in between Worlds and Olympics and all, yeah. the, all the major international meets. And it gives a, a wider group of people the ability to shine. Yeah. You know, And and we've talked about this at length. Uh, definitely next time we have a swimmer who's been part of the ISL, and you'll definitely ask him. But those who did ISL this past year really seem to be, like, really looking good right now. That's not yeah. to say people who weren't in the ISL can't be looking good either, but the ones who did ISL, like, they're ones experiencing some breakthroughs right now. Like, I really think it benefited 100%. them. 100%. So definitely. Um, I, I think this brings a lot of – lot of good the ISO brings a lot of good to the sport and the advancement of the sport and I hope it continues and I, I do really like to see them trying something new after two years because they see the flaws and what they have and they're trying to fix it so right. applaud them for that but yeah so um so it's further on to the draft two-day event we'll start with day one so so we we started off with saying they can keep 16 15 by GM one by fan boat the one by fan boat is at the very end of day one so we'll get to that in a second but we'll talk about the 15 so how day one goes so it's a draft, but it's only from the draft pool, and it's the rookie definitions only. So anybody that's considered a veteran is not in this draft. So it's a rookie, so that means people who've never been in the league before or those who opted out of their first year of contract are considered rookies. So that's who's going to be. And to be honest, out of the people that were there, I don't know who's going to still be considered a rookie. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I, that'll be really interesting um, to see which people who was in their first year this year, if any of them opt out and go straight to the draft. That'll be fun to watch. Um, right. So, day one, mm-hmm. or the first round, 
first is rookie selection only. Yep, day one is only rookie selection. So and the draft pool is rookies only. Veterans yeah. are not part of that one. And and GMs will go through and select one swimmer each. Yes, but before that, so the first five veterans that can be retained. So before the draft even happens, mm-hmm. a week out, GMs, or they're allowed, I should say, they're allowed to pick five veterans to retain. I'm assuming, I can't imagine that every team's not going to keep at least five. So a right. week out, you'll see every team say, these five cannot be touched. These are ours. Mm-hmm. You know? So like every, you know, I mean, yeah. for Cali, you're obviously, they're going to, Keep Dressel, you know, just like yeah. easily or like Lily Kim, like those kind of people are they're going to be they're going to be locked up a week out of the draft. Don't have to worry about it. Yep. Fast forward week, we get to draft day. The five are already safe. Everybody, every team gets to go round one. They draft. Lowest ranked team drafts first. Champions, Condors, they'll go last. Mm-hmm. Everyone, boom, picks one rookie from the rookie pool. Again, these rookies can technically be people that are in the league last year that opted out. So anyone right. that opts out, that was only on the first year of their contract, they can be in this or anybody that they consider a rookie. So it's not just necessarily people that have just graduated college or people that haven't done it the first two years. Like this could be people that literally were just in the league. So, and who knows how many big names that could be. Right. So they're drafted. And then on that same day, before they go into the second round, because day one is a five round draft. All right. So that's round one. They all pick one. Before they start the second round, they can then choose to retain four more veterans. Right. So maybe like they have somebody they're thinking. So this is like where the strategy starts to come into play. It's like, okay, I got 15, but I got five rounds of rookies to choose from. You know, that might be like, I don't really want to like save this person, but I'd rather there's somebody in the draft, I think, that could be like a little bit more value and we won't need to save him anymore. You know, things like that. So they go through one round, then they take four. They go through the second round of the draft, same way they did the first. You know, it was bottom goes first, top team goes last. And then they keep three veterans. And they go through the third round, and then they keep two veterans, and they go to the fourth round, and they take one veteran, and then they do the last round. Again, so if everybody c- retains as many as possible, which is 15 they're allowed, they now have 15 plus 5 that they drafted. So every team will be at max 20. But there could be teams that don't take all the retention, so they could have less than that. But basically mm-hmm. at this point, no one has more than 20. GMs have used 15 of the retainees. All right, and that's the end of day one draft. Five rookies, 15 p- potential veteran retainees. Then at the end of that day, that's when the fan vote comes in. So say like Team C, you know, one person on the team that they really liked on that team, that's about not to get picked up. It is now their choice to pick whoever that is. And then boom, right. they win the fan vote, they're retained. Yep. And that's where you get the 16. Yep. So everybody else that was on a team the year before and is not part of that 16, they are now put into the draft pool. All veterans are now put into that draft pool. Right. And before we go on, so that's going to be a, a fan only vote, mm-hmm. which I think which I think is awesome. Yeah. I definitely think that's a great way to engage the sport. I do wonder. I, I was thinking maybe first like, oh, it could be kind of like a cool, a cool wild card, yeah. right? But I would probably vote for either Justin or or Coleman or or, 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 or Caleb, <laughs> right? I'm just saying, it, but uh, that's yeah. one of the things that I'm that I'm wondering how you know can the and you might know this, but do the teams put – do they have people that they want fans to vote for or they just – It might. That, that would definitely anybody? be a risk to take, you know. I don't know if you're Cali, you're going to keep – you're going to keep Dressel. Yeah. Right? So if you keep Dressel and then Dressel's your vote or Dressel's who people vote for. Oh, I would assume it's people that aren't already retained. Like I'm assuming it gotcha. has to be people that aren't retained. Right. Um, gotcha. So, so 
And to be eligible to vote, you as the fan needs to register on the ISL platform, email address, age, country of residence, and you need to purchase a subscription for either the ISL full season or the team's full season matches. So you can get, you can purchase. So I guess there's going to be a subscription, so. a subscription aspect to this, which is, which is nice. I want, I want the option of watching everything. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can either get the whole season. Swim collective will get the whole season, we obviously. Will. Or if you just want to follow your team, you can, you can buy your team's full season massive uh, matches and then each registered online voter will have the ability to cast only one vote for one team of their choice there you go i like it maybe a little like sabotage a or maybe you know maybe a little sabotage here and there you never know yep. you know? and then the online voter <laughs> exactly well, well you gotta play the game oh, i like <laughs> it i like it game and then online voter subscription will be open at the same time shortly after the formal announcement of the ISL draft. That would be pretty shysty if someone did that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has to be done pretty quick because the next day, if you're not retained, you're going right into the draft. So yep. obviously you don't have long, so you got to be on top of things when the draft comes around. Yep. And so, then so day two kicks day off. Two. They announce the results of the online voter sre- selection. Mm-hmm. And then... And here we go. There. So this is... um, I think this is where like you really start to see where they're making an attempt to keep the top teams from continuing to dominate like it's this day right here like obviously like that first round like top teams get to keep all their top players and all that but you know the depth the depth pieces aren't there anymore for the most part like obviously some teams still might be deeper than others but this is where they kind of write that ship right so day two comes around it's 14 rounds right bear with me here so now the iso draft pool is any rookies still remaining and it's now the vets that weren't retained right Re- remaining rookies remaining rookies and unretained vets unretained vets right and oh, by the way, I should have mentioned this. Like anybody who wants to be in the league has to like submit like a ticket to the league. They can't just like be out there and like have like the league like, like have your name. Like you have to like, the like the every individual swimmer that wants to be in it has to like submit their ticket in that they want to be a part of it. So, was, um, that, was that prior to the draft? I would imagine so. So I they would, in a sense, they have to declare. Yeah, they have to declare, declare their intention. Yeah. to compete. Yep. Right. So. Which, again, is, like, very realistic to, like, a lot of other sports. So, that's, like, pretty cool. Um, so, here we get into the draft. It's 14 rounds, right? So, now rookies and vets, everyone who's still in the draft pool is up for grabs. So, even if the people weren't – here's another thing. Even if people weren't retained by their team, they could still go back on the team. So, if they just have to be drafted by them. Um, and so, like, round one, only two teams pick round one. All right? It's the bottom two teams. And w- – Every time there's, like, every round, the, like, lowest-ranked team always picks first, in case I forget to mention that. So on round one, whoever finished last, I th- it might have been DC Triton, I don't really remember, they would pick first in round one. And then whoever's the second last, or however they determine it, whoever's second last picks second. All right, then we go to round two. It's now the bottom four teams, so we had two more. Okay, bottom team still picks first. Second bottom team still picks second. Third bottom third. Fourth is fourth, right? And then round three is the bottom six teams, okay? So yep. now we're adding three. But again, that bottom team, they are still picking first. That second bottom team, they are still picking second. So, right, so they're now you can see they're really getting the advantage of, like, picking up any remaining depth pieces to add to their team. This is where they're trying to, like, kind of make things a little more even, right? Round four, you now the bottom eight teams, the mm. same way. Bottom team gets mm. picked first. So Cali, Energy Standard, they still haven't picked anybody from the remaining pools yet, all right? And then 
After round four, then we get to round five and ten. And for rounds five through ten, this is where everybody picks. It's the only rounds where everybody is picking. And again, it's all like in that reverse order. Bottom team picks first. Cali, who are the champions, they'll pick last for all five rounds. All right. Round 11, now the top eight teams pick. So those bottom two teams that just picked, you know, one through four, and then five through ten, they're done. After round 10, they have their official roster through the draft. All right. So round 11 is the top eight picking in reverse order. Bottom team picks first. Round 12 is the top six. Bottom team picking first. Round 13, top four. Bottom team picking first. And then round 14, just the top two. So that'll be Cali and Energy Standard picking in reverse. Energy Standard will get the first pick. Cali will get the second pick. And that is the end of the day two draft. That's it. So basically you're in 10 rounds of the draft. So you'll have up to 20 at the end of the first day. Plus the one, so you have 21 at the end of the first day, plus the vote if you retain 15, and you get the five from that draft. So everyone should have 21 at the end of the first day, max, plus 10, so you're up to 31. So the max you can have after the draft is 31. You get 36 roster spots max, right? Mm -hmm. So you still, even if you take advantage of all the possible spots, you still have five more to add to your team. And so that brings me to the next thing, which is there is now teams have 60 days after the second day of the draft to close out contracts with undrafted vets and rookies to fill mm -hmm. roster spots. So, um, and the minimum required, by the way, is 24. So at this point, everyone should have that. They don't yeah. need to go 36, but they can if they want. Um, so I guess that's up to the individual teams, the GMs, what they feel like they need. If they, you know, if they think for whatever reason they have people that might miss a lot for various, various reasons, whatever it might be, they could fill up to 36, right? So even if someone's not drafted, they're not out of it per se because there's 60 days for rosters to be finalized. You know, even if it's been like 40, 50 days and they haven't been picked yet, any injury happens, anything like that, anybody leaves, they can still be picked up. Um, obviously, it's looking more bleak at that point, but that's how it works. So, um, so yeah, so at that point, roster's pretty much final. They have 60 extra days to finalize their 36. And the other thing is, again, the spots can only be filled from the draft pool even after the end of the draft. So, again, nobody can just come in and swoop in and pick up anybody who didn't already declare for the league at draft time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's basically the draft. So, obviously, the first day, you're not going to see a whole lot of change up as far as, like, depth and stuff like that. But then that second day, you know, Cali, Energy Standard, those, and those teams don't pick until round five. So, other teams have already done four rounds of them picking for the best remaining. So... Um, hopefully that will, you know, kind of level it up a bit, make it more deep. I mean, obviously, like you said, you still have your standouts. You know, Caleb Dressel still gonna be Caleb Dressel, still gonna be really hard to beat, can't replace. Um, but you know, that's the nature. This is their attempt to at least, you know, write it. Mm. I mean, it's impossible to have 100% pure competition. It's just not the way it works. It doesn't work like that right. way in any sport. So, but they're they're well at I least making an attempt to make it close. This so is really this is really creative, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th I think it was well thought out. I think they they recognize the flaws, which is always important. It's very hard for you know leagues and stuff to recognize where they might not have things right right now and then try to fix it. So, well, the league the league is going to get better by having I don't know how many teams there are. Ten. I know there are going to be expansions. Ten or ten or twelve teams that are that are competitive that yeah. are that are competitive within the same kind of expertise and, and yeah. level. You know and you're always going to have 
the top the top dogs if they choose to compete and but it's going to be i think this is a really creative solution to help kind of i don't want to say level the playing field but like spread spread talent out spread like basically the Mm -hmm. middle of maybe the middle of the pack out but teams can still retain over 50 percent of their roster right Mm -hmm. so it's definitely going to be creative but it also it gives those lower teams and the a chance to get get better athletes to fill out their rosters and to get to get more competitive and that's definitely that's how it gets better Mm -hmm. and that's how it becomes more engaging if you're watching I like watching sports where I don't know who's going to win. I yeah. like being in meets where we're not – don't get me wrong. It's nice going in confident and nice being pretty confident that you're going to win a meet mm-hmm. or come out on top. But the most exciting meets that I've ever coached and the most exciting meets that I've ever swum in are the ones where we didn't know which way it was going to go. And then you get that competitive mm-hmm. – you you or your team get to find that competitive X factor that, that elevates you to that next level. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, I and I think it's going to make, like, um, you know, not that the GM and coach spot weren't necessarily important, but it's going to play – they're going to have a much higher role now too because not only do they have to sit here and think strategy of, like, who they need to keep, but every time they line up against another team, you know, it's really going to be – it's going to be a whole lot deeper at, like, the bottom end. So they're really going to have to, like, if they know Finagle, the um, – Finagle the um, the roster spots and, like, put forward the team's the best positions. You know, you're still going to have your Caleb Dressel as the Caleb Dressel things. Um, you're still going to have your foreign monitors to do the foreign monitor things. You're still going to have your Sarah Sostrom to do the Sarah Sostrom things. Um, you know, but it's going to be – it's those other ones that are more spread out now, you know, and it's going to – like teams are going to have to decide, like, okay, do we want to keep, you know, this one-two that we usually have? Mm-hmm. Or do we want to go for, like, being competitive in every event and bolstering our relays? Because that's basically – with the amount of events there are and, like, with the relays, how that's structured – you're not going to be able to just own one twos in every event and have all your relays perfectly filled unless like just so happen you have the perfect roster where they all stack up, which isn't really the case, I think, for any team. So like I think there's going to be some big surprises. I think there's going to be some, you know, some some big time players who maybe, you know, maybe don't make it over somebody who's like good at like one or two things because they help like in that area where the team Mm -hmm. is weak. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Um. Um, I know that I I do think this could be tough for a lot of the swimmers who are on the better teams, especially the ones who aren't going to be kept. I'm sure that's going to be tough. Might be a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, I mean, it is what it is. Like this is they're trying to be a real league. Like that's how it is. You know, yeah. they're going to keep who they can keep, and they're going to keep who's going to help them win. So, yeah. But then again, like if you're if you're not necessarily one of those big pieces on like a bigger team, you know, you might find yourself in a bigger role on a smaller team and that, that can maybe help you, you know, yep. raise your name. Like it could be, you got to find, you got to find um, the best out of every situation. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people are going to find themselves in situations they're not expecting. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the yep. end of the day, it's going to be for the betterment of the sport. So yeah, for sure. And I think that you have like the Australians, for example, that's definitely going to cause a shakeup. Oh yeah. If you have, you have Kate Campbell. Yeah. And you enter, you enter the draft. Granted, they have to enter the draft. But also, too, you've got, like, on the American side of things, you have guys like Ryan Hoffer that mm-hmm. can, can enter the draft. Absolutely. And, and so it's going to be – There's always a know, few I, I collegiate that standouts that make their yeah, way. Super good short course yard swimmers that obviously make really great transitions to short course mm-hmm. meters. So I think it's going to be 
one, it'll be really awesome to see who's in the draft, and that will really dictate. Oh yeah, what what teams do with their rosters? You can probably rely on. You can probably count on like the bottom couple of teams to. They want the most spots as possible because they're picking first oh, yeah. in the first ten rounds of the draft. Yeah, they'll have a really good idea of who so they, they can take right away. You know, they can potentially really, really lock and load and put themselves in a better position. And you know, Energy Standard and Cali, and really the top three, they're gonna do everything they can to hang on to their studs as they should. Yeah, it'll definitely but be interesting to see what the current, you know, the, our finalists, the current, the from the past, both both all four of these teams are finalists for two years: the War, the Condors, the current. And standard, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what they yeah. do. Um, so, we'll see decisions to be made, hearts to be broken, dreams to be made. Let's go, you know? Cali. <laughs> Let's go, Doors. Let's go, Doors. Unless you drop Justin. Yeah, unless yeah, unless you don't keep Wait. Justin, then whoever, wherever Justin goes is where we go. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. But it should be it should be fun. It'd be exciting. I, I don't I don't think I saw a date yet for where that would be. Um. I didn't either. My guess is they – I know that they have, like, the schedule out. It, like, starts at the end of August. Um, well, they maybe, the like, middle the of August, but – So there's time standards, and the qualifying period ends May. It ends in May, May 2021. So swimmers, either they're trying to get into the pool. Oh, there you go, yeah. They have until May 2021 to enter the draft. I see that now. Yep. I, think I, could, I think I could – I think I could go a 25-6 breaststroke. You have to qualify in multiple events. I don't know. It's a good point. Oh, just kidding. I think that's women. No, that's men. Twenty-five-six. My five-hundred time is not too far off the short first yard. Dude, thing. Here let's are. make a run. Make a let's <laughs> make a run at it. Get back to me. Oh, but that's cool. So I didn't see a date either, but it'd be fun. Like I, I said, I'm also hoping I love the ISL, and I can't yeah, wait. I'm also hoping that this like does help a lot of you know. People who don't have the necessary the same exposure that certain elites do, um, like obviously, like if you're at a team that's scoring big at NCAA's and has like a h- big team around them, you're gonna get noticed a little bit more than you know teams that come from like the mid majors or yeah. the smaller power fives. And then same with like you know Europeans who come from massive junior scenes and stuff like that. Like they they're gonna get a lot more known. So I I hope that like with this like having to put your name forward. And, like, having, like, the cutoff times, too, I hope that, like, that really, like, gives people a lot more opportunity. Um, you know, shout out my boy Jack Saunderson. I know that he wants to be in the league. I hope he gets into it. Um, Someone pick up Jack. You know, I think he could be a deadly flyer, short course meter, all all lengths. For sure. A hundred, he's 100, 100 meter long course, much better than his 200, and then short course is 200 is better. You know what that means? He'll that be means a great, that short course meter is going to be great. in the two fly and yes. the 100 fly. Yes, somehow get get Jack, get Jack. We won't be disappointed. But yeah, I mean, for for everyone like in his situation, I hope it like does help because I I do think, and obviously th- it makes a lot of sense. But like obviously right now, like it's a lot of more big names getting picked, and then like who you know, like oh, do you know someone who fits this? And then like telling them, hey, look at this person, um, which like it makes sense. The league is just starting. You know, you definitely want to get some big names that people know to like build up some hype. But like, hopefully, as it continues to move forward, it becomes more about like actual performance, not just having a name. Yeah. So, we'll see. And then you never know who's going to retire and who won't put their name in. So that'll be interesting too. Like you said. Who do you think is going to retire? I think I think Matt Grievers might be on the way out. 
I think so too. Um, that's like the big one, but I'm not sure. You never know. Well, if you have if you have grievers, someone like grievers, I'm just thinking of people who've been in swimming a long time. Flo, Manadu, Swoistrom, maybe, Never maybe she sticks around. I don't. I don't. No one has said that Adrian? these people. No one has. I, mean, yeah, I don't Adrian, think Adrian did it. The and we're obviously we're speculating. That's yeah. what we're. That's what we're doing. But those those would be and shields massive, is up there. That would be yeah. That would, those would be massive shakeups. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like for them, like even if they don't make teams, mo- most of those guys will make teams. But even the ones that don't, like that's why like this is good. They have something to still like do. Yeah. But and and as I was saying that, like, I think ISL was kind of like a great catalyst for flow for for Manadu to stay in swimming it's true right it gives it, it gives a lot of people both on the short end and the long end of things more room to compete for longer mm-hmm. and to do it uh, to to make a pretty okay living doing yep. it for, for at least a short period of time which is what i really like it it elevates yeah it elevates our super high caliber swimmers worldwide and it elevates people that maybe would have never been in a position to train post-grad or train and it's swim true. professionally right. which is yeah. think about the amount of people who like you know maybe they graduate college like a year after the olympics that are just like i don't have the time to train three more years yeah. like i don't have the avenue well it's hard yeah you it's gotta hard. find mm-hmm. a place to swim and you got to pay for it you have to find a place to live and you have to pay for it you've got to find a yeah. job and so that that window for people to train post-grad and, and make a living post-grad as a as a pro right it's really hard. It's it's super difficult. Yeah. It's not it's not easy except for and it's never easy training wise, but financially there's only been very few swimmers at least within the United States yeah. that have that really out I guess outside of the national teams that have a pretty consistent type of pay structure. Absolutely. So I I think that the ISL is one of the best ideas that swimming has had Agreed. in a long time because you have you have a mechanism that will continue to elevate racing between the major competitions, right? It it gives us and it gives it gives us a little bit more excitement between FINA Worlds or the European Championships or Pan Packs or Pan Americans or Nationals, and it it condenses things. It's I'm going to be honest. It's more engaging, right? It adds like a much needed team environment to high-level swimming, right? We coach yep. a college team, and we're constantly in that competitive environment. I've coached club, which is drastically different than coaching college, and you're bringing that type of NCAA team environment to a professional level, yep. and obviously it, it elevated those people. And I was going to say, yeah, those those who are part of it are elevated. I definitely think, like, they're swimming really, really well. I mean, it, yeah. like, I mean, we the podcast hasn't been released yet, but we talked to Coleman, like, a little bit about it, and he said it definitely Tuesday. helped. Yep, Tuesday. But I mean, like, like those guys to be that competitive environment. Plus, it's like that's a fun environment to be in when you're like have like a label. Like, yes, you like swim for your country, but like when until you're there, you're swimming for yourself. You know, like it's it's yourself. Like, yeah, right. you have your like club team, but like it, it's yourself. And until you actually like make it on a team, you're not really swimming for your country yet. It's like yourself. Right. And like this, this the ISL gives all of them. You know, the the three four years in between the Olympics to like actually race for something other than themselves. Kind of that like feeling that like so many, you know, Americans and a few internationals get when they're in college that everybody loves, you know, right. 
Like it's just like that environment is definitely is going to lead to way more success than just like sitting there and training by yourself and like maybe your small pro group. Yeah. Even the big pro groups aren't that big. Yeah. So. No, but I I I really want to see the swimming the swimming world and the swimming collective really embrace this because mm-hmm. this adds so much so much vitality and so much I think like a lot of fire and a lot yeah. of vigor to swimming and it it helps protect it Definitely. because it it gives our rookies our vets our newly minted international competitors and you know per the time standards it gives people that maybe had never even thought about being able to go for yep. a goal like swimming and swimming um post-grad or swimming professionally it gives them that next thing to shoot for so i I think it it puts people in a position to be elevated and to really swim up into their potential and it it protects swimming because it adds more value to the swimming space and and i think just in the swimming community in general you know let's be helpful in what we think about it and be helpful in our suggestions and and really support it and really really allow the isl to grow and make this something that's really special and really formidable for the swimming world yeah no, lo- love it or hate it they've shown that they are like willing to like try new things every year like this past year we saw the jackpot system i know that received a lot of praise and criticism for various things like love or hate it they tried something the skins races like that's something that everyone seems to love they're still working on how to like make sure like get that format down correctly yeah. um i mean they try new things and then like obviously like distance swimming isn't super well represented there but they're they even tried that way with like they've tr- experimenting with to do the 800 and have yeah. like you know points given throughout the race so that people actually like attack it yeah it's um, kind of like a whole shot a yeah whole shot which you know make and i mean they're even trying to like get like you know the so-called like not entertaining part of swimming i mean i obviously love it but i understand that not everybody like understands what somebody's winning by a full length like what's exciting in that like yeah. i get it but they're like trying to come up with ways to, like get you know distancers involved and like make it fun to watch, and so they're they're definitely not against trying new things and trying to get everybody involved. So, um, love it or hate it, they are trying to get they are yeah. trying to make it exciting. I like the I like the jackpot system in terms of a, a in terms of a point structure, but not in terms of a money structure. Yeah, not in no, terms of cash. No, it could be. Yeah, but I, I also I also think that that may have been to afford an American team a better opportunity to win. Yeah, yeah. That and was so the, that was the uh, the hush hush talk behind closed doors, yeah. but which, and it could be, uh, the same thing could have happened with energy standard. Yeah, right, because they had they had the studs to do it, but that is going to benefit one team super heavily if you have Caleb Dressel. Yes. So, I I'm not a huge fan in general of the jackpot, but. I think that will continue to evolve and to be something that hopefully becomes, a li- I, th- I think, a little bit more exciting. Yeah. You know, um, but it wasn't, I wasn't the, the, I wasn't the biggest fan of it when it came out. I think it's, it makes sense from a point standpoint. It makes sense of having yeah. <coughs> that yeah. type of jackpot, that type of kicker, you know, but I don't think it should impact other people financially. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if they really want to like level some playing fields, like instead of like, capping like they they cap the amount of people that can swim in a meet like 12 and 12 like that's your active roster it's like 10 individual swimmers and two relay swimmers on two relay only swimmers they want to cap it they should like allow as many swimmers as you want to 
compete on your roster, but cap the amount of swims people can do. You know, like yeah. Caleb Dressel does. You know, eight events. Yeah. You know, what's well, like dual cap meets it at four. Yeah, it's like, like dual meets and maybe that's the next change they they does. think about. You know, yeah. So I don't know. It, then again, you you like punish people that are like capable of like doing that because obviously swimming that many events and doing it well and winning is not easy. So that just kind of speaks to the testament right. that is like Caleb Dressel. So that is that is impressive in itself. And you don't want to like take that away from him for being who he is. But, you know, if they are trying to like keep things on a level playing field, that would probably be the next step forward. Like allow instead of keeping people only using like 12, 14 roster spots or whatever it is. And maybe it's maybe it's 14, maybe it's 12 individual summers and two relay only for 14 total. Whatever it is. Instead of doing that, like capping it that way, cap the amount of some people can be like, hey, you got a roster of 36, go ahead, bring and use everybody. Yeah, you get – or, yeah, so you're saying a larger amount of people can compete, yeah. but there is a capped amount of events they can swim. Yeah. Kind uh, of like kind of like kind an NCAA dual meet. Kind of like an NCAA dual meet. And another thing that I can think help with that, that will also help grow the sport because you'll have your – your two back specialists, your four hundred free specialists. Like you'll have people who like, you know, you see a lot of times right now, like on especially on the longer end of things, you have people that swim the four free, the like the the four IM, the two backs, the two flies are just dogging it. They're just swimming it and they're t- they're getting jackpotted because that's less points to lose than, you know, not showing up and they just have to go fast enough to where they don't get docked. And even then they still yeah. get the penalty points sometimes, you know. If you do like something like that where you allow them to use more people well, maybe they can bring in that 200 back specialist, you know, that two fly specialist. Like, makes it maybe someone like Jack actually gets on a roster and gets to swim that two fly every meet. Yeah. Because instead of having somebody just like in the event to say they're in the event, because you need Caleb Dressel to swim eight things. Yeah. He's going to be someone that's there competing. Yeah. You'll you have know? more people competing. It'll allow more people to compete, more people to. And know, I think show someone like Jack has a bright future in the ISL, for sure. So he needs to keep hanging on and keep keep pushing for sure. <laughs> so. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. You done? That is, that is the is good that news. It? That is the ISL. Can't wait. I can't wait to talk yeah, more about awesome. that when that starts. Yeah, I'm excited about this for sure. Yeah, we got so. the got all the Olympics fun stuff, the trials this summer, and then shortly after we'll be transitioning right into ISL and the NCAA season. So, awesome. So we've got. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. No, I, I was just gonna say you got the ISL for like that, like you know, first part of the or like end of this year. And then, like that's when we'll start to enter, you know, championship mid or NCAA midseason and championship season. Just got yeah. so much swimming ahead. Yeah. Well. Thanks again, swim fan. We have a pretty pretty big week next week on Tuesday. Our podcast with Coleman Stewart drops, and we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it in the NC State swim family. We've got Braden Holloway coming on the podcast on Wednesday. I'm pretty excited about that. We'll publish it that day. And then on Thursday or Friday, I think it's time we we give the people our trials picks. All right. Let's do it. I think we start it. Let's do it. We're gonna Take it day by day. We're going to make some people upset. That's all right. But, you know. Don't hate us. Just prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. Stick it to us if you must. <laughs> just don't hate us. <laughs> no, it's a lot of, lot of cool stuff coming up for sure. Um, to, to everyone who's liked, subscribed, left a review thank you very much thanks for helping us be the best that we can be if you have a suggestion or something that you want us to talk about or something we can do better let us know we want to add value to the swim collective we want to be a great part of your day we want to add value to wherever you're at in the swim space and the swim collective Um, again don't forget tier.com 
promo code tier collective for 30% off your purchase. Do it. Um, it's a good way to support, support tier, support yourself, but also support our podcast. Uh, thanks a lot guys and ladies and whoever you are, wherever you are, have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.